Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 173. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary. Excited to hang out with you and talk to you on this lovely June week. We have a lot to get into. I'm going to try to define what a successful season will be or would be for the New York Jets. I want to talk about a new addition to the New York Jets, Adrian Amos, who was just added, or Amos, sorry, excuse me. Uh, Some audio files we'll get into. And of course, your voicemails in this episode, we will go through and get a reaction. But first and foremost, friends, family and loved ones, if you have not purchased a Father's Day gift, do not fret because Manscaped has you covered. That's right. Manscaped, the leaders in below the uh, the waist grooming for men, they are saving the day with the total package for fathers in your life it's time to upgrade his game from waist to face with this exclusive offer have him join the now 8 million men worldwide and get 20 percent off and free shipping with manscaped.com or at manscaped.com with code jets 20 that is j-e-t-s-2-0 for 20 percent off and free shipping let's start with the ultimate father's day mvp the performance package 4.0. If you're going to grab something, it's got to be the performance package. Come on, you got to go all in. So I am excited to get into this episode. There's a lot, again, a lot of stuff that I want to get into and just talk about in this episode. I think it's uh, important that we could talk about, you know, in this downtime to try to define what a successful season would be for the New York Jets. I want to give a little bit of a hat tip to uh, Badlands. If you're a listener or watcher of me, I'm sure you know who they are. Uh, if you don't know, it is uh, a Jets podcast and really more than that now, but it's with Joe Caparoso and Connor Rogers. The two of them uh, do a great job covering the New York Jets. They're one of my favorite listens in the, in the Jets space. Um, but Joe was talking to Bob Wischusen who is the play-by-play radio voice of the New York Jets. Uh, And he was asking, what would a successful season look like for the Jets? And, you know, while I was listening at the gym, I was thinking to myself, like, this is a really good idea for a topic because many people are going to have very differing opinions and different answers. But I think it's important to define what would be considered a good season and what would not. And, Really, the starting point is Super Bowl or bust. And I really don't like that mindset for a lot of for a lot of teams, for some teams or some when you're at some points uh, in your, I guess, fandom or when you're at some points in your build, I guess, for for a team is probably the better way of putting it. Super Bowl or bust is fair, but. If that's your only mindset, like if it's it's Super Bowl or bust and 31 teams had a failed season, then I guess the only barometer for success is a championship. Anything less than that is a failure. And I I don't know if that's where I'm at. Obviously, I want the New York Jets to win a Super Bowl. I think they put themselves in a spot where they can be a Super Bowl team. Um, And it would be disappointing if they didn't win the Super Bowl. But I don't think it would be an abject Failure. That's way too high of a bar. Maybe if you are, I don't know, Buffalo, a team that's 
you know, been a really good team, a playoff team for a long time, has won playoff games, but hasn't gotten over the hump yet. Maybe that's a Super Bowl or bust. Or Cincinnati kind of in a similar boat. I guess they went to a Super Bowl. We're in the AFC Championship game this uh, this past year. For them, it's Super Bowl or bust. The Eagles just made it to the Super Bowl this past year. That's a team that I would imagine is Super Bowl or bust. Kansas City, same thing for them. But for the Jets, I don't, and for pretty much the rest of the, the league, I don't think that has to be the barometer. And to be fair, I also don't, like on the opposite side of the spectrum, so last year it was win seven or eight games, be competitive, you know, hang around. And that's where they ended up. They finished seven and 10, obviously. But as we all know, it was an incredibly disappointing finish to the season because they lost their final six games. So they got to where you thought they were going to end up, where most thought, uh, most thought anyway, I guess. Uh, there were some who thought they would be much worse and some who thought they would be better. But I'd say a majority of fans and people that I you know, put stock into their their beliefs and their predictions had them at seven or eight wins. And that's where they ended up, but you're, again, kind of disappointed. So you had that progression from when you were a really bottom-of-the-barrel team in 20 and 21, took that step forward, you were okay in, in 2022. Naturally, you think, okay, get playoffs. But if this Jets team now with Aaron Rodgers and you know the additions and the hype they go nine and eight are the seventh seed and get dog walked by Cincinnati in wildcard weekend. Then you're going right back home. Yeah. It's nice that you ended your 12 year playoff drought, but that would be disappointing to me at least. And again, this is what the fun of this is. And the fun of this quiet time in the NFL, we could figure this out because everyone's going to have a different answer. I think where I end up landing is one playoffs, which is a given, but also winning a playoff game. I think I'd be disappointed if the Jets made the playoffs and instantly got bounced in the wild card game, or if for whatever reason they are the number one seed are hosting their first home divisional game, uh, ho- first home playoff game in the divisional round since, and just in general, first home playoff game since 2002, and they were to lose. So to me, my bar for what I think would be a successful season is being a playoff team and winning a playoff game. If the Jets, we'll just talk about a scenario. If the Jets could win 11 games, a wild card team because Buffalo wins 12, uh, you play, I don't know, Jacksonville in the first round, who's going to win the AFC South and be the four seed? Jacksonville, you beat Jacksonville, and then you bow out to Kansas City in the divisional round. Would I be disappointed? Yeah, I would. I want to win, obviously. And I think the Jets have the ability to beat any team in the league. I think they are in that conversation for a team who can be a Super Bowl winner. But I don't like putting the Super Bowl or bust mentality on this team. I don't think that's fair. They haven't been there before and done that yet as a unit. Rodgers has, obviously. He's won a won a Super Bowl. And there are some veterans on this team who have you know, Super Bowl and and playoff experience. But if that's like the progression, because the Jets are assuming that Rodgers is going to be here two or three years, if it's make the playoffs, win a playoff game this year, and then next year in 2024, that's when you do it. 
then okay. I think that then you define that two years as a, as a success. And now obviously you're getting into 2024 uh, and beyond, but I, I just, the part that I have a really, really, really hard time coming to terms with is watching this team be so bad for so long, right? You, they, they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. Uh, there are some abysmal seasons mixed in there other than uh, a 500 2011 and 2013 season and a weird 10 and 6 2015 season that did not result in the playoffs somehow still. So I just don't uh, baffle that that happened, but conversation for another day and a half a season in 2022 it's been a disaster, pretty much. 12, 2012 was just awful. One of the, my least favorite Jet teams. 2014 is also one of my least favorite Jets teams. That that team stunk. 2016, ew, trying to run it back with the 15 squad. They all fell apart. Tear it down. 2017 tank year, but they win more games than they probably were supposed to. They win four. And then 2018, 19, 20, 21, kind of a blur. Obviously, except for the the Gase years were really stand out there. But Todd Bowles and uh, Zach Zach Wilson early on, unfortunately, you know, didn't work. And it's tough. There's a a lot of bad things that happened over this stretch. And if I have to look at this season as a failure, if they go 11 and 11 and six or 12 and five, win a playoff game or two. And then lose in the the championship or lose in the Super Bowl, and that's I have to view that as a failure now. I'm not ready to put myself at that point. And the unfortunate thing is, I think there are people I, I could see it now in the comments and on, on social media that are going to come out and of the woodwork and be like, "Yep, that's it. The only barometer of success is championships, and obviously, the championships is the most important. And the Jets need to win a championship, but the, this specific team." Does it have to be this team? Do you have to set that mark on if this team doesn't do it, they never will? I don't think that's the case. I think they're, again, with bringing in Rodgers, they're opening up a two- or three-year window. You have to get it done at one point in this this stretch here. But does it have to be right away? Does it have to be right now? I would love for it to be, but I don't know. And then that kind of goes into the next portion of this conversation that I wanted to get into is there's so much in an NFL season that is really out of your control for how you're building a roster, like, or just out of your control for just how a season shakes out or some question marks that will really define the ceiling and floor of this team. The first thing that comes to mind is an obvious one with the offensive line health. They've played eight tackles last year, eight different tackles. That's just insane. And they were Mike Remmers, who they signed in the middle of the year, was taking snaps for them at starting tackle. Cedric Gabouye, Max Mitchell, who was supposed to be a draft and stash, George Fant, Dwayne Brown. You know, you, you go right right down the list. They they had a million different offensive tackles. AVT had to switch positions and come in and play tackle. It was a mess. It was a disaster. It was a mess. This year, you obviously have Dwayne Brown, but he's coming off an injury. And Makai Becton coming back hasn't played in a couple of years. And AVT missed uh, the second half of last year with a season-ending injury. And, you know, Lincoln Tomlinson really wasn't up for snuff. And you might have a rookie center 
the ceiling of this offensive line is pretty high if it all clicks, but is it all going to click? That's a question mark with this team. That's a question mark with this Jets team, and that'll go into defining how successful it will be. And then how about Aaron Rodgers? Are you getting MVP 2020 and 2021 Aaron Rodgers, or are you getting 2022 Aaron, which was okay, but not to the point where you know it was expected of him? And I've made it pretty clear. I think it's going to be somewhere in between these two. I don't think it's necessarily fair to say he's got to throw for what do you have like 48 touchdowns and five interceptions like that. I can't even begin to wrap my head around that kind of production from a quarterback as a Jet fan with the, some of the things that we've watched since I've been watching football and since 2003 to now. There's been a lot of garbage in there. A lot of garbage. But can he be somewhere in between? Can he be 75% the MVP? Can he give you 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns? That'd be great. And you sign up for that. That's going to definitely play a factor. Which version of Aaron Rodgers are you getting? Well, I, I know where I stand on it, but that's still an unknown. He was playing last year hurt, which I think that's something that you have to take into account and that some people won't. They just they look at his production from last year. They see that it was down, and that's it. He was eight, he's, he's washed. He's old. And, you know, they just throw out that he played, what was it, 12 games with a broken thumb? A lot of games. Yeah, the, he played with that broken thumb. He played through it. And then the last thing for me in, in this section that I wanted to talk about and how we can de- define success and what factors will go into de- that defining success. The Jets got lucky with injuries on one area, in one area, and that's on the defensive side of the ball. They got demolished on the offensive side of the ball with injuries. Demolished. AVT missed uh, half the season. Brees Hall missed half the season. Corey Davis got hurt. You lost uh, Mekhi Becton for the season. Dwayne Brown was hurt. We went through all the other offensive linemen that were hurt. Zach Wilson got hurt before the start of the season, and they had to play Joe Flacco, and Mike White got hurt. And there's just so many injuries on the offensive side of the football but defensively, all their guys played. Nobody really missed significant time. Quincy had maybe the worst injury and was uh, he was only out a couple weeks and then he's right back in. There may be another one that I was just, just escaping me, but you had Sauce. You had Quinn in for 16 games. You, you had, you know, pretty much everything was there. Can they stay healthy again? Because if, God forbid, you lose a CJ Mosley or if you lose a Sauce or... Quinn in, then that changes a lot of things. So you want to replicate that same health defensively, obviously, and you hope that you just don't have it as bad offensively as what you did. But health is a huge factor that goes into this. You can't control that. You might have that win now year, or you might think you're in a win now year, and then something goes terribly wrong. We're Jeff fans. Remember 99? That was... I was alive for that. That was pre really, I was four. So forgive me. I wasn't, you know, locked in. I didn't un- completely understand what was going on, but Vinny getting hurt in week one in 99 derails what was supposed to be. That was a team that, you know, everyone thought Super Bowl aspirations. They're in the AFC championship game a year before, you know, Bill Parcells second year with the team. They were great. 12 and four lost the conference championship uh, to Denver who would go on and win the Super Bowl. 
And then 99, you lose Vinny in the first game of the year. And they're still able to go eight and eight, mind you, after after losing their starting quarterback, which is a, which is pretty impressive. You had Ray Lucas and Rick Meyer uh, split time that year. You had nine starts from Lucas, six starts for Meyer. Lucas was six and three, by the way. Uh, yeah, they started out. I mean, really rough. They started out zero three, one and six, and then they came on hot down the stretch, man. They went from one and six to eight and eight. Six and two finished. That's pretty nice. I think that's something nice to hang your hat on. But that stuff matters, right? Crazy. Anyway, I kind of just wanted to go through and, and talk about what I thought would be a successful season. And I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comments what you guys think. Next up, I want to get into the Jets adding some much needed depth at a position. Free safety. If you didn't see my reaction yesterday, I was thrilled with the New York Jets adding a safety in Adrian Amos, uh, just a really nice player, uh, has experience playing strong safety and free safety, plays typically more at free safety, but they move him around. He can play in the box. He can line up in the slot. He can line up as a corner, even if need be. That is a massive upgrade for the Jets because they were going to play one of Chuck Clark or Jordan Whitehead. Out of position. The Both those guys are strong safeties. You must have heard, if you watch the channel or, or listen to the podcast, you must have heard me talk about the Jets safety room at some point over the last few months that I didn't think they did enough. Because Tony Adams is really the only true free safety on the, uh, on the roster. And thank God yesterday, they go out and add another one, a one-year deal, $4 million. Uh, and you add some much-needed depth. Really the only spot now where I'm like, ah, I would like to add a little bit more now if we want to be greedy, is Quan at linebacker. Bring back Quan Alexander at linebacker, and I'm re- I'm ready. And so start the season now, and let's get after it. But as it stands now, there, there's that. That's the, that's my one tweak. My one little tweak that I would like to make is bring back Quan Alexander to round out that linebacker room. And I am good to go. But was it last week's episode? I don't know. I do so many videos. It's hard to remember which, what day I was talking about what. But one of the things that I mentioned was with the Dal. It was with Dalvin Cook. That's exactly what it was. It was with Dalvin Cook. I'm talking about using the money that you could spend on Dalvin Cook, or would you rather do it at other areas? And my, what I wanted to do was bring in another safety and linebacker. And they did. One of the two. We'll see. Maybe they just... One, maybe they love Jamie and Sherwood as much as Robert Sala talks about him. It seems like that's what they really like, right? They can't get enough of that guy, it feels like. Or maybe Jordan Whitehead or Chuck Clark is playing that more hybrid linebacker safety role. You could do that as well. I'd feel more comfortable if they added someone who we know can do the job, but they have options. They have options. And adding depth is so, so important when you are in a spot like this team is where you're expected to win games. Would a Dalvin Cook be a flashy name? Yes, of course it would. I think he still has a little something left in the tank. The numbers were, he still had over 1,000 yards, but some of his underlying numbers really weren't great. Last year, his EPA numbers were pretty terrible. But there, there's something there. I just didn't make 
sense at the at the cost that he wants to. If he was going to do that four million dollars that that uh, Adrian Amos got, fine. But that's not what it's going to be. Uh, reportedly, he wants you know much more than four or five million. Are you paying him ten million dollars a year? I'm not. Are you paying him eight million dollars a year? I'm not. It was closer to a vet minimum, two, three, four million. Sure. I'd be more interested in it, but you gave me the option of bringing in a safety and potentially bringing back someone who you feel comfortable with at linebacker to round out both those rooms over bringing in another guy like Dalvin. I'm okay with it. Absolutely. Okay. With it. I think people get in love with, they, they know the name. So it's, Oh my God, you got to bring, you got to get that guy in here. When, you know, there's there's other ways to to round out your team. They already ha- they drafted a running back that they really like in Izzy Abanaconda. You have Brees coming back, and you have Michael Carter and Bam Knight, who I think they like. And they then they had Ty Johnson before the, the he got hurt. So I think it, I think that shows you they're pretty set. They're pretty set at running back. I don't think they're going to make a move there. I really don't. And I, I guess the one difference between. DeAndre Hopkins and and that scenario versus uh, what we were hearing and what Robert Sala was saying with Dalvin Cook was that they were going to give it a chance. He was so dismissive of the Hopkins um, reports, but with Dalvin, it was like, yeah, we'll, we'll turn over every every stone or whatever the the cliche was from Robert Sala this week. But I'm I'm completely okay with the Jets going this route. I think that is more than fine. Let's get into the audio files. I am excited for this one. Before we get into voicemails, I have a few audio files I want to play. We'll start first with, uh, I have one that's New York Jets related. The other two are NFL football and just football related, but you could kind of relate one of them to the Jets. I'm talking too long on this. Let's play. The the first one is courtesy of WFAN uh, and Brandon Tierney had this take on Aaron Rodgers. I want to play it, and I would like to react together. Great time. He's having a great time, right? I think he's at the Tony Awards as well. This guy's bouncing around from from party to party. Should there be any concern? And again, I, I want to preface this with: if there's any, it's it's barely visible. But I am legitimately asking: any concern that that Rodgers is having too, too much fun here? Aaron Rodgers having too much fun. And he did preface it by saying, like, it's not like I'm getting absolutely, you know, crazy about it. But to bring up, is Aaron Rodgers having too much fun in New York? That's the story that we got to go with. Yeah, he's doing some extracurricular things right now, but it's not in the middle of the season. It's not in the middle of the season. He went to the playoff game, supported the local teams, was at the Tony Awards, supporting his teammate, by the way. I don't know if you know, C.J. Uzama is very involved with uh, the theater and in uh, plays in New York. And the Taylor Swift, co- like, I don't know. Wouldn't you want to just be like, hey, this guy clearly was not happy in Green Bay the last couple of years. I mean, if you saw the article from The Athletic, the Jordan Love trade really, uh, or the Jordan Love trade up and drafting him really changed things. It it changed everything. And he played pissed off for a couple years, won a couple MVPs. Last year got hurt and didn't play that well. But 
to me, you just see a, a motivated guy and someone who seems genuinely happy to be where he is. And yeah, he's enjoying some of those things. If this was, you know, midweek Patriots week, maybe we could have that conversation. Be like, ah, I don't know. It's kind of like the boat trip, the Giants boat trip. Remember that? If you're doing that before a playoff game, if we're seeing, you know, pictures or, or videos of Aaron Rodgers dancing, you know, a couple days out before a playoff game, then we could, that's a reasonable time to have this conversation. In May and June? In May and June. Come on, especially right now, they're, they're dismissed. They don't have anything right now. It, it, it drives me absolutely nuts. And, you know, I worked in radio for a little while and it, it was never at a a level, you know, that high. WFAN is obviously the, the mecca of sports talk. But it's just what you get from sports talk radio now is just... <sighs> Every day, it's something new. I see something from you know their socials or just you know something making the rounds on the internet. It's like this is, this is really what we've come to. Brutal. Next up, I don't know if you guys saw uh, yesterday. There was a little drama with the Buffalo Bills uh, and Stefan Diggs. So uh, I'll tell you the backstory. Stefan uh, was not there. Right. So Sean McDermott speaking with the press, he's like, yeah, the only one not here is Stefan Diggs. And they said, are you worried about it? And he said, I'm very concerned. Like, okay, wow. And then the agent said, well, he took his physical and he met with the coach and the, uh, the GM and he'll be there every day, uh, for minicamp. So which is it to me? It feels like agent doing damage control. And I, I obviously with how his contract is structured, I would be shocked if they, move him, but obviously he's not happy, but this is just a weird scenario. So here's Sean McDermott on Bill's Live talking about Stefan Diggs. Is everyone here? And I know there's a lot of questions about Stefan. Yeah, um, Steph is not here. Um, everybody else is here at the current time. How concerned are you about that? Oh, very concerned. Yeah, very concerned. I'm not going to get into and listen. I respect everyone's everyone's questions and what they want to know about our team. Right now, I'm just I'm not going to get into into that anymore. So we'll talk about practice. Happy to do that. Happy to answer those questions, um, and we'll move forward from there. There you go. There's your your answer. It's uh, look. Obviously, they want things ironed out, but. From an AFC East and just any team that could be competing with Buffalo this year. Give me all the rumblings like this. Give me all the turmoil. He's not happy. All right. Good. The last time we saw him, he was yelling at Josh Allen on the sideline in the snow in Buffalo after you lost to the, the, the Bengals. Very bizarre. Very strange. But that wide receiver room looks bad quickly. It, it does not look very good after that, after uh, Diggs. So uh, if something was to happen, then great for the Jets side of it. Like, okay, get him out of the division, sure. But even if he's there and disgruntled, like something feels off with Buffalo. So while I personally can't be like, yeah, the team that's owned the division last few years, that's going to change it. The Jets are going to win it this year. Maybe they can. I hope that that should be a goal for them. 
to do it and it's not impossible for them to do it, but maybe there really is a uh, something slipping here with this team. They missed their window. Maybe. Maybe they did. Last audio file before we get into voicemails of the week. Did you guys see, I'm sure if you're on, you're on the internet and, and looking around, but if you haven't seen, see the baby Gronk stuff trending? So baby Gronk's a young kid. I believe he's like 10 years old. I'm not fully in, you know, invested into the baby Gronk story, but uh, I, I saw the, the video making arounds. It had tons and tons and tons of views. So I want to just play it and talk about it. It is football related. But so basically there's this young kid. Uh, and his dad is really like pushing him out there on social media and trying to get him on all these shows. And, you know, uh, he's he's kind of he's using his kid for, for profit. That's what it feels like. Um, and he's like propping him up doing these th- things. And he's, he's DM tons of tons of shows and personalities trying to get his kid on and it's just a really awkward interview with, uh, he was on Bring the Juice Pod, and this is just a really bizarre exchange. I'll play a little bit of it, and uh, you know we could you know, we could talk about it a little bit more, but it's just very, very strange what this guy's doing with his kid. Are you him is the real question. Yes. See, I'm going to punch him in. Punch Ask him that in. again, bro. Say, man, what kind of question is that? You see my Instagram. Say that. Ready? Right, hey, baby, Grum. Are you him? What kind of question is that? Look at my Instagram. Would you take her to prom someday? <laughs> hey, no, say it again, bro. You gotta say, uh, say man, uh, I already DM, I already DM'd her and asked her, and she said yes. <laughs> All right, come on, man. Tell the mic. Hey, baby, Gronk, would you take Livy Dunn to prom? You think? I already DM'd her, and she said yes. Damn, <laughs> damn. What, what kind of tuxedo you getting? OG James Bond style or what? Yeah. Nah, hey, say it again, bro. Hey, what kind hey, of tuxedo you getting? Uh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a Gucci one. Ready? <laughs> hey, what kind of tuxedo you getting? I'm gonna get a Gucci one. What are you gonna do? You know. Okay, that's that's enough of of that. But it's a even tougher watch. The kid clearly does not want to be there, and the dad keeps butting in and feeding him lines to say in this interview. Dude, this is it's it's sad. I feel bad for this kid. I really do. He's he's a young kid who his father is really trying to to use him, unfortunately, for, for clout and clicks. And I don't know if he's trying to live vicariously through him or what. Obviously, he's a young kid. He's playing really well, but he hasn't hit puberty yet. Like, he's not... It's not like he's a high school football star or anything. like. And, like, obviously, by that age, he'd be able to handle it and do it himself. But this is... It's just so... So cringy, and I, I don't know. I, is it weird for me to say that I feel bad for Baby Gronk? But this was just something that was the, uh, the entire NFL world was was talking about. It, it felt like, but I just I, I don't know. It, it, I the child stars. I I, I'm, I have some empathy for uh, the child stars and the ones who you know their parents really prop them up. It's the the kid I, this kid has no no shot he's he's writing all the answers or not writing all the answers but he's you know feeding him the answers in the interview it's not it's not real people thought Lavar Ball was bad what what he did with this kid Lavar Ball looks like a saint for what this guy's doing with this kid 
Again, I feel for him, man. Anyway, let's get into some voicemails. We'll close out with our guy, Travis, calling in from Ohio. He's got our voicemail of the week. Uh, Travis, what do you got for us, my friend? Hey, Matt. Travis from Ohio. What up? Hey, brother. Um, I don't think we talked about it enough. Uh, Destination, that is. You got to give credit to the Jets PR. One Jets drive last year and flight 23 this year. Really good stuff. And I know people have talked about that, but also, like, people talking about the team. It's not not just the same old jet stuff and uh, hard knocks might might be a good or bad thing for that I don't know, it might expose some ugly things that they're hiding from us I don't know but that stuff isn't getting out like Brandon Eccles unfortunately his case where he he was speeding and he got in that wreck with that dude and like that was the worst PR that I can think of yeah that our players have gotten since what Quentin Williams um, gun charges in the airport. Like our guys are doing their part; they aren't getting in trouble. But we haven't had any bad press from the office or the players. Michael Floor, I guess him and Elijah more getting into it. I yeah. guess that was some bad PR, but that was even hush-hush. We didn't even hear about all of that until after the season. I guess Zach got some from the fans, but that was for his play. That wasn't for anything else. And then with um, Douglas saying his picks would have been McDonald and then Meyer and then uh, Broderick Jones, I think that was strategic because Van Ness wasn't in there who Green, B, Green Bay picked with our pick and uh, Broderick Jones was the next pick after that and he was our third option. So I think the Jets PR team is doing a pretty bang up job. What do you think, brother? You know I love you. Go Jets. Bye. Appreciate it, Travis. Love uh, having you check in with us. Uh, appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think that's important, right? Because you see sometimes these teams, and, and it's sad, but there's, you know, whether it be the sports gambling now, which I think that stuff's a, a little, I think people, it's a little overblown. Like Calvin Ridley getting suspended a, a year for, placing a couple fan duel parlays when he's out with an injury. Do you have to get banned a year for that? I don't know. Some of them, but it's a, it is a fine line, right? But really the only bad thing with the jets has been the example you brought up of recent memory, at least with Elijah Moore and Mike LaFleur. That's really the, you know, that's pretty much been it. We had Marcus may, but that was a few years ago with the, the DUI and he's been, you know, he's gone now. It's a pretty, you know, good character group. So that makes me happy. They're going to be an easy team to root for, you would think. And if the success on the field comes with that, then that just makes your rooting, you know, so much easier to root for. They're they're a good group of guys. They're a hungry team. And, you know, you brought, like, the, the examples that you brought up with like, Quinn and Williams, it was, 
Now he's been fine ever since. And it was a mistake that he, he didn't know the law. He should have, he should probably shouldn't travel with it, but you know, it, it could have been, it could have been a whole lot worse. And thankfully it, it wasn't, but there hasn't been this crazy off the field thing with the jets. And that is a positive. You absolutely have to take that as a positive for sure. So that's going to do it for me this week. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you get the show. Also, be on the lookout with Talking Jets. So we have the new channel going on over there, Talking Jets. We do the show every Tuesday night. Make sure to subscribe. We're doing a group outing at a New York Jets game this year. So for more info, subscribe there. Go to the website, TalkingJets.com. For more info, you can put in your email to get notified when tickets go on sale. So you can hang with us. We don't have the game yet. We're waiting on the Jets to uh, hit us. We give them three options. We're waiting on the Jets to hit us back with which one uh, we're going to be able to go to, but we're going to have a big group. It's going to be a ton of fun, so make sure to keep an eye out for that. I am Matt O'Leary. Subscribe if you are new. I'll catch you next time.